0: Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. What am I going to preach on? I guess I'll preach on God. I'm going to, it's a weird season of preaching recently. Um, Sometimes I go in and I know exactly what I'm doing and sometimes I change gears. It's been a weird one. Um, And yet this morning I preached an old message because I felt the Lord wanted me to do that. And I actually had it prepared And because I know all of you remember every message I ever preached. All right? But I'm up here during the worship service, and I'm going to change gears a little bit and and preach a message that the Lord is dropping in my heart right now. And so if you can, um, I mean, we're living in a a crazy, crazy era. It's a crazy time, and yet the world's always had crazy times. All right? Um, But I I want to start with, here's what I want us to understand this morning. What is God looking for, for his people? What is God looking for? If I could say a couple of ways I would describe that, is one, I believe God is looking for in his church and through his church, that God is looking for a kingdom witness. And he's looking for a kingdom of God witness in the world. May I suggest to you this morning that we are not American Christians. That we are believers living in America. Okay, let me suggest that to you first and foremost. We are believers who live in America. Our Christianity is not defined by our political persuasion. Our Christianity is not defined by our American outlook. The kingdom of God is distinct and superior to anything America has to offer. And that is not a popular message in America, is it? It is far superior to any kingdom of the world, culture, and belief system that there is. That we are separate and we are distinct while living among. Even when the Jewish people lived in Babylon, how many know they were still governed by a king and a kingdom, not of this world? Even when they were living in Babylon. And so I would suggest to you this morning that God is looking for his church in this hour to be a kingdom people to be a kingdom presentation of the king and the kingdom, I would suggest to you this morning that the church, he's looking for it to be a prophetic witness in the world today. And a prophetic witness always points to God. I believe in this hour, he is looking for us to be a prophetic witness, not a political witness. Boy, it's quiet in here this morning. I believe this morning that He's calling the church and looking for the church and saying, "I I got. I want you. This is what I want for you to be. This is what I want for you to do." All right. And let me just. And and again, I have no idea how I'm dovetailing this together because I'm making this up now as I go. Well, actually, I hope God's making this up as we go. But let me take you to a portion of Scripture. Go with me to Acts chapter one. I'm going to start there, and then we're going to jump back to. I believe we're going to jump back to Jeremiah. I think that's the way it will go. And so Acts chapter 1. Let, let me remind you what was going on in the, in the book of Acts during that time. Israel was being ruled by Rome, oppressed by Rome. There was a corrupt religious system, a tainted religious system. There was a corrupt political system. There was a marriage between the, many of the Jews and the Romans. Okay, there was this marriage between the Romans and, and the Jewish leaders, the priestly leaders. They wanted to keep peace, all right? and then Jesus comes and he just kind of disrupts everything because how I many know Jesus just messes up your house, right? He comes in and, and you, you've got this nice little religious box and he just obliterates it. You got this nice little political perspective and he comes in and he just upsets the apple cart, right? And, and so he comes and now he becomes the enemy of a religious state, he becomes the enemy of a political state and he raises up these 12 guys that are going with him. And then he dies, dies on the cross, he raised from the dead, and when he raises from the dead, he appears to his disciples, and in the book of Acts chapter one, it says he appeared to them for 40 days. 40 days before he would ascend to his father. What would be your last message to your disciples before you left to depart to be with the father? Think about that, if you had one message to give, people, before you left this earth today, what would it be? His last teachings to them was about the kingdom of God. You see, because the gospel has always been about the kingdom. Always. The Bible is about the kingdom of God. The biblical worldview that we live in is the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. And and so he now teaches them for 40 days on the kingdom of God. If you teach somebody something for 40 days and it's the same subject, you might think that's a little important. And he teaches them for 40 days on the kingdom of God. And then they said to him after that 40 days, Is this the moment we're getting our kingdom back? Is this the moment we're getting our kingdom back from the Romans? Is this the moment we're getting our nation back? Is this the moment we get political power? Is this the moment that we get to get rid of Rome and set up our own king? Is this the moment we get the earthly power that we've been craving and we haven't had for years? Is this the moment? And I want to say to you, their quest was a political power. And I want to say to you this morning that the church in America is on a quest for political power. Now again... When I'm saying this, understand this. I'm going to vote, I'm going to vote a particular way, I'm going to vote for particular policies because I think the things I vote for, in my opinion, are best for the land, okay? That is not to dismiss voting, it is not dismissed, okay? But understand something, we, you, whether, whether, whatever party you like, whatever you like, okay, they are still, even the best of them, they are still derive their power from the kingdoms of the world. They are kingdom of the world philosophies, okay? And, and I heard somebody say to me yesterday that whether it's the right or the left wing, it's still the same bird in the middle. Whether it is the right wing or the left wing, it is still the same kingdom power of the world, kingdom world, I'm sorry, worldly power, kingdoms of the world in the middle. You see, because listen to me, there's gonna come a day Make no mistake about it. There's going to come a day, it is not in this hour, but there is going to come a day when the king is going to come back and he is going to dismantle the kingdoms of the world and he's then going to establish his kingdom on the earth. That day's coming, but that day is not now. And that day is going to come, not through a political process. It's going to come as a fulfillment of of a prophetic promise set by the Father. And the times are set by the Father. And so, but in these moments of world history, God has always had everywhere a kingdom people, a kingdom remnant of kingdom people living in the kingdoms of the world. Think about this for a moment. I would suggest to you this morning that without the kingdom of God people in the world, the world would have fractured apart. Because there would be no restraining force whatsoever in the world. Now, so they ask him, this is the moment we get our nation. This is the moment we get our power. This is the moment. And Jesus looks at them, and he says, no, 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 hold time up. He says, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs that have been set by the Father. So there is a moment marked on God's calendar that nobody knows that it's all going to come to fulfillment. And he's going to come, and he's going to dismantle these kingdoms of the world. He's going to dismantle this temporary roller over this temporary place. And he's going to establish the kingdom, and the king and the kingdom are going to be established. But we don't know when that is, do we? Jesus said, it's not for you to know those times. It's not for you to know those epochs, except by my father. But I got good news for you. You will receive power. It's just not the power you want. It's the power you need. You want political power. You want worldly power. You want national power. You want power to defeat Rome. You want power as an earthly nation to dismantle another earthly nation. You want power, but I'm going to give you the power you need. Sometimes we mistake the power that we want for the power that we need. you know in your life, the power you need is the power of the Holy Spirit? The power of the Spirit of God who lives inside of you, right? And now watch what happens. And so he says, and I'm going to give you this power so that you will be my witness, that you will be a witness of the king, that you will be a king witness, that you would be a kingly witness of a kingdom and a king, not of this world. I'm going to give you this power so you're my witness in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and the uttermost ends of the earth right? This is what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you this power not to be a political witness. I'm going to give you this witness to be a prophetic, power to be a prophetic witness. We must be a prophetic witness in this hour. We must be a kingdom witness in this hour. We must be. And I will say this to you, the moment you marry yourself in covenant with a religion, with a political party, your witness will be diminished. I'm not saying you don't vote a certain way. That's not what I'm saying. But do not mistake where the power of the church lies. And it's in the kingdom of God. And my fear is that right now as the church world, we are getting sucked into a political fray. And again, we should vote, but we're getting sucked into it where all of a sudden, as soon as something happens in this world, we have to pick a side. Because we're worried about our political side losing. And so now, and I'm going to meddle. Here we go. This, somebody shoots somebody, and now this side is 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 against that. This guy over here. All of a sudden, now over here, there's people trying to support and justify killing somebody. Church, we must be careful when we find ourselves endorsing the killing of another human being. I like guns. I have guns. If you come to take my TV, I will not use one. If you come to take my grandchild and hurt them, I will kill you. (laughs) Listen to me. I'm watching. I'm watching social media. I'm watching. And I'm seeing us endorsing. Okay, okay, I'll just say it. No matter what side you want to be on this Wisconsin shooting, this kid shooting people with an AR? He shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been there. He's 17 years old. He shouldn't have been there. And because he was there, he, got, he, he shot people. And now, listen to me, we're trying to support, or, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm finding people trying to support and justify whether he should have, shouldn't should have shot those people. He shouldn't have been there. Church, we can't support, our, we can't find ourselves in this political quagmire and somehow justifying things that Jesus would never endorse or justify. I said to my wife, I was sitting there watching different things, and I said, honey, I said, my concern is where we're getting to is the ch- church world. Because we're so embroiled in this political battle, we're kind of finding ourselves in a, some way endorsing things that aren't God, or of his culture. I, I said, listen, honey, we have a nice home. God's blessed us. There's not a thing in this home I would kill for. Outside of you, my two grandchildren, my two children, my son and law my daughter, and maybe my golf clubs. There's nothing in here I'd kill for. <laughs> There's nothing here I would kill for. If, if I knew that nobody was in danger, I'm not killing them over cars. I'm not killing them over stuff. I'm not killing them over money. I'm not doing that. If you come to my house, I'll be there. Just like so I to throw that out there. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. Because listen to me. I said to her, because here's the deal. There's not a thing in this house outside of human beings that I would die for. Therefore, I'm not killing for it. If I wouldn't die for it, I ain't killing for it. And so we have this church stuck in this political quagmire that because we are afraid of losing an election... We find a way to try to do away with anything over there while endorsing some things over here that we should never be endorsing. You see, because what God's looking to raise up, and let me tell you something, and listen to me, I've got very strong opinions on some of the lunacy in our country. (laughs) Okay? But that being aside, what he's looking for from the church is to be a prophetic Kingdom witness in this hour. Now, so now, watch what happens. So he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit came upon him in chapter two of Acts. And then, next thing we see in Acts chapter three, Peter and John are going to the place of prayer because now the Holy Spirit is upon them and in them and they've been baptized. How many know they're going to church different? Let me just, let me just, you want a different church experience? Go to the church with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Just throw that in there. And now on their way to church, they see this beggar. He's been there for 38 years. He's begging. They got no money. Now, all of a sudden, they said, in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. How many know they just became a kingdom witness? How many know they became a kingdom witness? And they healed that man, and he stood up and he walked. Now, what happens? Then they get called and arrested. They get arrested by the religious community in conjunction with the political environment, and they get arrested, they get called in, and now they're told, don't you speak on this Jesus anymore. Right? How many know there's a whole world out there that right? would love for us to stop preaching about Jesus, to stop speaking about Jesus, to stop being a witness of Jesus? What are they trying to do? They are trying to stop the prophetic witness of a kingdom people. Right? And now watch this, watch this. So, so now they get called in, and they leave there, and they go back to the other disciples, and they pray. Hmm. They pray. And what did they pray? How many know we believe we we, we need to pray? How many know the church needs to pray in this hour? But what is our prayer going to be? Lord, make my guy win. Well, trust me, I'm not a real big fan of all the alternatives out there. But what is our prayer as a prophetic kingdom witness? What is our prayer? Listen to this prayer. And being let go, they went to their companions and they reported that all the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God of the heavens and the earth. How many know he's still God of the heavens and the earth? Right, he's still Lord, he's still Lord over all. Right, and they go on, and said this. Why, David said, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand And the rollers were gathered together. Listen to me this morning. I want you to understand something. We are the kingdom of God. The king of God is not of this world. There are kings of this world. There are nations of this world. And the kings and nations of this world stand in opposition to the kingdom of God. Amen? And David saw it. He says, why do the nations rage against you? Why do they plan against you? Why do they do this? Why do they... Gather against the Lord and against his Christ. The kingdoms of the world are not the kingdoms of our God. But how many know one day the kingdoms of the world, the kingdom of our God will, be, will overtake the kingdoms of the world? And then this is what they prayed, okay? Verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. The first thing they prayed was, God, in this hour, we need to be able to proclaim your word. Listen to me, church the prayer for the church must be give us your words the prayer for the church must be what is your word God what is your word for this hour what is the word of God not the word of a politician not the word of a party not the word of a corporation how many of you know we got corporations that are trying to shape how you think Bruce and I were talking about this one day Amazon, Google you pick all them they're trying Facebook they're trying to shape how you think they're trying and let me tell you something that which shapes your thinking is the word of God we must be praying in this hour that we, his church, we've got a proclamation on our lips. And that proclamation is not a Republican proclamation. It is not a Democratic proclamation. It is the kingdom of God proclamation that speaks the word. Because how many know word does not come back void? We, we must get to the place where we're saying, that's what they didn't pray for. They didn't pray for a new king. They didn't pray for new leaders. They prayed, God, give us boldness with your word. Give us the word of God. We want to go proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Give us your word. Everybody out there is trying to shape your narrative. The Republicans are trying to shape your narrative. They're giving you a narrative to shape your thinking. A narrative is a story with an aim, with a goal. The Democrats are trying to give a narrative to shape your thinking, to shape your vote. Corporations are giving narratives and stories to try to shape it. But I would suggest to you this morning that the word of God shapes your narrative. That the word of God is truth that shapes the narrative that comes out of your mouth that becomes truth. Why is this incredibly important? Because it points people to the king. People aren't gonna get saved through the Republicans or Democrats. People get saved through the preaching of the gospel of God's kingdom. People get saved through that. Because listen to me, it is this message that gets spoken into our heart that produces love, produces hope, produces faith. The message of politics produces anger, division, fraction, partisanship, frustration. How many of you have been frustrated? But the kingdom word that comes into us does something in here as it goes out there. They prayed for a proclamation, power to proclaim. And then they prayed. They said, Lord, look on your threats. Look on their threats. Grant your servants that all boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand through us to heal with signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. They said, Lord, empower us with a proclamation, but also would you empower us with a demonstration Listen to me. We must be people of proclamation and demonstration. That he still heals the sick. That he still raises the dead. That there's still a supernatural power in the word of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Because you can argue politics all day long. And you can argue your theological doctrines all day long, but you cannot argue with somebody who's been healed of cancer and somebody who's been healed of a disease. And you cannot argue when a Damaris Carbaugh gets out of her wheelchair and walks and sings in stilettos. You cannot argue with that. It is a prophetic witness that moves with the word of God and a demonstration of God. And I will say to you, when we marry ourselves to a political party, we will lose our proclamation and we will lose our demonstration. Amen. I'm glad she spoke up. I'm not saying you don't vote a certain way. I understand that I get it all and I'm gonna vote, but I'm not married to it. Because, the, listen to me, all church history shows us, when the church marries a political party, the church gets corrupted. You can't get away from it. But if we are people of the word, and we are people of demonstration, we then become a witness of a king and kingdom, not of this world. Your anger is not a witness of the kingdom. My frustration and my anger is not a demonstration of the kingdom. People ask me all the time, "When does it? When, well, how do I know if it's, I should resist or not resist? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that stuff out. I know sometimes my resistance is righteous and sometimes it's carnal. How I many of sometimes our resistance to some things in the world right now is nothing more than our carnal nature being aroused, and it has nothing to do with being godly, and it has nothing to do with the kingdom perspective. We just want to rebel. Oops. <laughs> that there's something about our carnal nature that you're not going to tell me what to do, and you're not going to, that's raising up the carnal side. That's carnal resistance. That's the American way. But there's a kingdom resistance. When the time is right, you'll know. We went into the whole COVID era humbly. Okay, you want us to go 250, we'll go 250. You want 50, 50, 10, 10. Okay, you shut the door, you want to shut down. Okay, we're going to the parking lot. Right, we did it with humility. We're going to operate in humility. How many of the church can be humble? And we went, how many weeks? And I will say to you today that I'm a little less apt to be so amenable because now they've lost credibility. But my point is, We have to understand either we're resisting from a righteous standpoint, but sometimes, let's be honest, it's a carnal nature. And it is the political process that will prey upon your carnal nature. You see, their prayer was, God, I don't care if you change the leaders or not. We sang victory in Jesus. How many know you can win an election and lose a a victory in Jesus? How many know you can lose a? election and win victory in Jesus. Is it not about God's purposes? So their prayer was nothing more than, God, give us more boldness with your word, your word. Give us more boldness to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Give us more boldness for that. And Lord, empower us that you would do healings and miracles and signs and wonders through us. That was their prayer. How many believe that should be our prayer today? Hmm? Then I go to, and I don't know why I'm going here. We'll figure out how I put this together when we get there. (laughs) The book of Jeremiah. In the book of Jeremiah, God comes to this priest Son of a priest, he himself would be a priest. Jeremiah was the priestly son of Hil- Hilkiah. And God comes to him when he's a youth. In the moment of the country being an upheaval attack, it ultimately he would prophesy doom. And someday Nebuchadnezzar would come from Babylon and they would destroy Jerusalem. And his message wasn't popular among the people. And I want to say to you today that sometimes the kingdom message is not popular in America. America wants a kingdom message that has been diluted by Americanism. We want a kingdom message that has been shaped by certain political processes and simple political paradigms. He comes to Jeremiah. And what was Jeremiah to be? Jeremiah was a young man that was to be brought up to be a prophetic witness to the nation of Israel. And I would suggest to you today that the church of Jesus Christ is called to be a prophetic witness to America. We are called to be a prophetic witness of the king and kingdom in America, just like Jeremiah was called to be a prophetic witness in the land of Israel. How do we be that? How do we become that? First of all, let me say this. (laughs) I've never preached this before. You can tell, right? All right? Uh, Verse 5, he says to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in your womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. So let me say this. So here's Jeremiah, this man. The Bible says that I knew you before you were born. I knew you in your mother's womb. I knew you, and I appointed you, and I ordained you. Listen to me. Jesus has always had a plan for his church right? And that plan for his church is the same as the plan for Jeremiah, that it would be a prophetic witness in the nation, in the nations of the world. The church is not just this group of people who are called to get together, come into the sanctuary on Sunday, sing happy songs, and clap our hands, and I love all that, you know, right? And we teach, and we preach, and we do all the stuff that we do. That's good, but the calling of the church is to be the called out ones from the world to be a kingdom witness in the world. So he said, I got, I, this is what he said about the church. And you've got to understand, and while it's, it exists, the gates of hell are going to come against it. But yet, we know what the Bible says. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Church, I'm going to say something that 99% of the Christians aren't going to want to hear. Even if Trump loses in November, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I'm just saying, I, we're so, I, I, I hate a lot, I mean, which way do you lean, Pastor? going must stand like this or you don't know. No, there's tons of stuff I don't like. But ladies and gentlemen, he raised up the church, the blood-bought, born-again children of God to be a prophetic witness in this hour, in every hour. God has always had a remnant in the world. He said, I ordained you. Remember what it says in Revelation, that by his blood he made us kings and priests to serve our God on the earth. He said, I, and, I said and, and Jeremiah said, Lord, I don't know how to speak. I can't speak. I'm only a youth. He says, don't say I'm only a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do you see it? A prophetic witness has a prophetic message that is crafted and ordained by the king given to his servants. What you hear, you speak. What you hear, From the king is what we speak. It is a message crafted by the king. It is not talking points crafted to get your vote. Whatever I command, you speak. And don't be afraid, for I am with you. Now watch this. Then the Lord touched his hand upon my mouth. I would suggest this morning that the church, myself included, would say, Lord, touch my ear so that I can hear, and touch my mouth so I can speak your word. Touch my ear so I can discern and hear what I need to discern and hear in this hour so that I can speak what you say. You know, you grow up in church, if you grow up in how I many of you can grow up in church and have your certain talking points? You, you don't know they're really real or not, but you know what you learned growing up in church. Right? You can grow up in a certain political persuasion and you don't know why you do it. You just know you got your talking points. I would say this morning that we need more than talking points. We need to hear the very spirit of God who tells us what to say and we know how to say it. He said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. <laughs> I have put my words in your mouth. I sure know what it is to speak with my words. (laughs) I sure know how to speak from this guy. But he said to Jeremiah, I put my word in your mouth. The church, the church, the blood-bought, the redeemed, the ecclesia. We must speak the words out of our mouth that come from the very mouth of God. We cannot speak a political mouth. We must. We must. Why? Because the stakes are bigger than election. The stakes are people's lives and salvation. He said, see, I have set you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms. Hmm. How many you know we, we we like to quote that phrase right? In the world, but not of the world. Maybe I can say it this way: How I many know we're in the world, not of the world, but maybe we might even be over the world. Not in a position of superiority, amen. I don't mean in, a, in an arrogant, superior fashion. What I mean is our affections are above this world. Our lust for power is not of this world. That our that we are above the world and we're not brought down into the minutia of it. We're not brought down into the political processes. We're not brought down into the quagmire. But rather, we, can, we set our sights on things above and we speak from the things above and we hold to a culture above and we hold to a value system above and we serve a king over a president. Um, I, you understand what I'm saying? That we've, we're set above it so that we can bring from heaven to earth the very words of God. This is what he said to Jeremiah. This is what I'm done. He's done. He said, I'm going to put you and I've appointed you so that you can root out and pull down, so that you can destroy and throw down to build and to plant. Do you understand what the word of God does? Do we understand what a prophetic witness does? A prophetic witness has the word of God, and it is the word of God that has the power to root things out. It is the word of God that tears things down. It is the word of God that builds and plants. Why am I preaching this message, this service? I have no idea. But I am saying to you, I am imploring the body of Christ, whether you're in this building, whether you're watching on stream, whether you're watching some other time, we are called to be a witness. He has called us to be a kingdom witness in this world. And we must pray the prayer of what it is to be a prophetic witness. God, give us your word. Empower us with your word. God, empower us, through us, to demonstrate signs and wonders and miracles. Come on, Troy, there's a miracle. How many minutes has it been? Some of you probably got it down. It's been, Pastor, it's been 48 minutes and 32 seconds. That you are called church. You are called church. To be a prophetic witness. That God's hand, mouth, hand would touch our ear. Like Isaiah. Where we get a tongue, a coal from the fire. And he touches my ear and he touches my lips. And now my lips become a voice of a kingdom. Not of this world do you understand what will happen in you first you see the process happens in you first the disciples this is the moment we get our political power yeah man we get that power we're going to kick those bums right out of Israel right and she's no 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 guys I got got good news bad news you're going to get power it's just not what you want it's going to be what you need Oh, by the way, it's not about you, it's about me. You can be my witness. You can be my witness because it's really about me, not you. Uh, Okay. Now watch this. Until they leave there from that moment. To the best of my recollection, I don't see them looking for that power anymore in scripture. I don't see them, the church, thinking, boy, if we could just get the right Caesar in place. If we could just get the right governor in place, if we could just get that right temporary leader in that political process, if we could just get him there, we will have the power we need as a church. Nah, nah, I don't see that. What I see is a group of people that all of a sudden get it, boom. (laughs) let's go (laughs) preach. Let's go proclaim the kingdom. Let's go heal the sick. Let's go raise the dead. Let's be the church. He said, What happened is first, it happened in here. And when it happens in here first, I would believe for a moment that we aren't nearly as frustrated with political pandering, then. We're not nearly as angry. Over it. I mean, I gotta tell you, some of you are pretty ticked off. Goosef**er. Okay, you have no idea. Some of you. The rest of you, you're thinking, why is he watching that? <laughs> Randy went, Patty went, what's she talking about? Randy went, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody will tell you later. I could have sang the song. I feel pretty. Never mind. What happens is inside of you, all of a sudden, because you say, I'm going to be your prophetic witness, Holy Spirit takes residence in you, and now you begin to hear the kingdom of God message, not a worldly message, not a political message, a kingdom message that doesn't work inside of you first. And all of a sudden, then you become a fountain for that message. And it's not a, listen to me, and it's not this simple, oh boy, it is not this simple, Catchphrase, cliche. Oh, don't worry, God's in control. <laughs> okay? He's just not in control of everything in this world right now. He's just not. But he one day will be. But it becomes a kingdom message that is lived out in a kingdom culture and value setting. that now your mouth becomes a fountain of life because something has happened when the kingdom message has taken residence in the ear. And now you become that proclamation where now he's touched my ear and he's touched my lips and he's touched my tongue. And, and now, the political, the, the Democrats are not going to shape my, their narrative is not going to shape my thinking. The Republicans, their narrative is not going to shape it. Amazon is not going to shape it. Facebook is not going to shape it. Google is not going to shape it. Uh, Instagram isn't going to shape it. No, 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 no. My thinking is going to be shaped by the Word of God. By the Word of God. And then I will become a prophetic witness in this land. Then I will become a prophetic witness. Because what God wants from His church, what God wants from His church is a church that will live as a prophetic witness of a king and kingdom, not of this world, who has the Word of God in their lips and the power of God flowing through them. That's what God wants. That's what He wants. And I don't care who wins that White House, that's what He wants for His church. Well, I do care who wins it, but, but not to the point. Because I will tell you this. You go to China, where they persecute the church, and they tear them down, and they put you in prison. There is a prophetic witness in China that is exploding. Put who you want in the worldly throne. It does not supplant the one on the kingly throne. We must, we must, in this hour of political unrest, national unrest, we must be the prophetic witness of a king in the kingdom, of not of this world. <sighs> Could you say with me this morning, stand with me. Could you say with me this morning, Lord, touch my ear. But just put your hand on your ear. Don't put them on both. You won't be able to hear me. <laughs> just put your hand on your ear. Say, hey, Lord, touch my ear. I need to hear. I need to hear. I need to hear your voice clearly. I need to be able to discern what I'm hearing with my ear, Father. Lord, there's so many voices and there's so many things out there trying to spin a narrative to shape what I hear. And Lord, I need to hear the truth of your kingdom. And then put your hand on your mouth and say, Lord, touch my mouth that what I hear, I speak. That I would speak the message of the kingdom. That I would speak the message of the King, that there would be a proclamation from my mouth of the Word of God in the land, and that the Word of God through my mouth has the power to uproot, that it has the power to tear down, that it has the power to build, and it has the power to plant. Father, make this vessel, this earth and temporary vessel in which I live, a vessel through whom your power to heal, your power for miracles would flow through. That was the prayer of the church. He said, you go be the witnesses of a king and kingdom. You know, I did a message years ago. Don't worry, I'm getting ready to close. You know, when I call Troy, it's another 20 minutes. On the shofar. The shofar in the Old Testament, in the Bible times, was a distinct sound of God. Ram's horn. And yet there was a process by which that thing had to go through to become that vessel that would produce this distinct sound of God. An animal... Gave up, many times died to give up those horns. And then there was flesh in there, and that flesh would be heated, and they would boil it to get the fleshy part out of it. How many know this morning? We cannot be the sound of God with our flesh in the way. When our flesh is in the way, when our flesh is in there, it muddies the sound, it muffles the sound, it won't be given the clear, distinct sound but God has a way of coming in and taking that flesh that hard flesh the flesh out of us and then a mouthpiece is fashioned to it and that mouthpiece would be fashioned so that when the breath was blown into it it would release the sound and it was a distinct sound sometimes it was used to announce a new season a new festival sometimes it was used to announce a new king it was used for multiple places but one thing for certain it was at that moment the sound of God and I would say to you this morning that what God wants to do in this hour is he wants you to become a living human shofar that you would receive the breath of God through your ear which is his mouthpiece and out of your mouth would come the sound of God that is distinct from the kingdoms of this world That you would allow him to dig out the fleshly places. Mm. And you would produce a sound. That is the announcement of a king and kingdom. Not of this world. God is putting a mandate on you today. There is a mandate on you today that's saying to you, believer, child of God, citizen of the kingdom of God, I commission you, and I command you, and I mandate you, that you would hear the word of heaven, that you would be a prophetic witness in this hour of a king and a kingdom, not of this world. That you would have your shaping, th- shape your thinking shaped by God and His Word and His Holy Spirit. Mm. And I will say to you that when you become that prophetic witness of a king and kingdom, not of this world, do not suspect that you will be popular. As a matter of fact, Jeremiah was very unpopular. But it does not negate that he spoke the word of God. And I would suggest to you that while I may vote Republican, I am not married to a Republican party. And some of the things that we need to say needs to be said to the party that we think is righteous and it's not righteous. Oh man, where did this message come from? We're presenting this notion nowadays that one party is more righteous than the other. It's not. mandate is put upon you today to be a kingdom witness of a king and kingdom not of this world and it will not be a popular message among some but it is God's message nonetheless and I commission you in the name of Jesus and God's people said